You know what? You are the only person you are guaranteed to spend the rest of your life with. So, we want you to feel at home with yourself. To have an understanding of what being human truly means. And to be a witness to the things that are happening within you. We're here for the good. The bad. And the downright ugly. <laughs> so, come on this journey. And be messy with us. You are listening to The Real Meaning of Humanity with Alexis. That's my name. And you're Krista. Yeah, that's me. Okay, so I'm thinking we just get into it and talk about my mother. The M word. The M word. M O M. (laughs) Okay, sorry. There's got to be like an acronym for that. What? Oh. An acronym, you know? Like, by. Like OMG. Oh my gosh. Is that an acronym? Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Like I just make sure. <laughs> um. Anyways, I'm not gonna come up with an acronym. Right I say now. it's gonna take a yeah, a yeah. five minutes. <laughs> but I do. I do want to read something. Yeah. Before I get into that and read it to our listeners, because whenever I was going through my healing journey and realizing why I react in the way that I react and where was it all coming from and why so many relationships that have failed hit me so hard. Yeah. And then I saw this quote or these, these like pictures, you know, that Instagram does like the mother wound, the father wound. And I saw it. Yes. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Mm, (laughs) So the first one was many mothers haven't processed their trauma. Wow. This is a good, quote to start off with to be honest (laughs) so because it's going to lead us into my story with my mom many mothers haven't processed their trauma so they weren't able to be emotionally supportive they became highly critical and or did not model self-care and how to meet our needs Mm -hmm. how your mother felt about herself how she engaged within relationships, <laughs> the belief she carried became part of our conditioning. She was the most impactful influence on us because our survival was dependent on her. Mm. We internalized her beliefs in coping mechanisms. <laughs> the mother wound creates dysfunctional relationships, <laughs> patterns, body insecurity, low self-worth, issues with codependency, where we neglect ourselves in order to be chosen by others. Having a mother mother wound manifests as inability to set boundaries, insecurity with body and physical appearance, codependency in relationships, inability to regulate your emotions or self-soothe in healthy ways. Fear of abandonment, (laughs) chronic self-judgment, self-criticism, comparison to others, fear of displeasing your mother or looking to her before you make any decisions, lack of trust. If we had a mother who looked to us as children to meet her needs, solve her problems, or attempted to live her own life through us... We can spend our adult life playing the role of a fixer, rescuer, or enabler. Holy shit. If that isn't you. (laughs) (laughs) Holy cow. It's like I'm laughing crying. Yeah. Like it's like a laughing because you're like, what the hell? (laughs) How, How to begin healing the mother wound. Acknowledge and honor the inner child who is hurt, wishes her mother could love, see you in a different way. See her as she is, not who you wish her to be. Begin placing boundaries, (laughs) holding them. Find community with women who uplift you and inspire you. Spend time engaging in things just for you to become more autonomous. Realize you do not need to share your mother's opinions or opinions. Accepting your mother's limits is not a betrayal. It's healing. Healing the mother wound is also a journey that allows us to heal our limiting beliefs, connect from a space of grace with other women, to see ourselves as individuals, not as a reflection of her. 
Wow. Yeah. That is so good. <laughs> I know. And then that's when, like, it led me up to, like, all of my belief systems and worth value, how I reacted when people – Yeah. <laughs> just in relationships in general, not even, like, boy relationships. It's just, like, friendships and right. anything. Well, the thing that I like, though, is, like, I feel like that thing you just read, no matter who you are, I feel like you can relate to that in one way or another, right? Because every single human is not perfect. So I really, truly believe that every single human in some shape or form has a mother wound, has a father wound. You know what I mean? So I think that that's super relatable. Even if your parents were great and there wasn't like an actual traumatic experience. Yes. There's still ways a mother and a father inevitably fail you yeah and not because they want to right but because they're human exactly but that brings us into my mother because i i'm i feel like i am ready to talk about it which is huge i know because <laughs> <laughs> i never want to i know i always get like and there's still moments where i do i definitely get awkward we're like just to play it off for the other person so they don't feel uncomfortable, I'll laugh and act like I'm over it. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too. Like, since I've known you for so long, you know, Alexis, 10 years ago, wouldn't even, like, mention mom, mother, nothing. She would not even mention (laughs) Was not in my vocabulary. um, If people asked her about it, she would, like, shut it down real quickly. Um, I think I've said this in another episode, though, but, like, if you knew about or even a little bit about Alexis's mom, like, you were very special in her life because she yeah. did not talk about that at all. So the fact that, you know, over the past few years, she has even mentioned her mom on this podcast just a little bit yeah. Um, yeah. and is now about to sit here and actually, like, open it all up, like, that is a huge <laughs> thing. Like, I just want you to know how crazy to me that it is that she's about to just, like, let it all out there for everybody to hear just because I've known her for so long and I know like how it's um, sacred yes sacred Mm -hmm. it is to her so yeah well and I've asked my heart I'm like okay heart are you ready to do this right but I've asked it like through the within the this first year of our podcast yeah and oh my god you know what I've realized (laughs) (laughs) it's like I do a reveal every year yeah Okay, so all the little things that I've been hinting at, uh, here it is. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, pattern. Anyways. Um, <laughs> so, so where are you going to start at? So, um, no, but like just to finish my sentence. Cause, yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> I realized like because within this past year, I've, I've, I've wanted to mention my mom and my whole story earlier on. Right. But my heart just wasn't ready. Yeah. And so I, I just wanted to keep processing it on my own because there's always new things that I learned. Yeah. But, um, yes. So, yes, I will start with just about my mom. Yeah. So my mom was actually a very, oh, my God, she was a gorgeous woman. Yeah. Like, she, I I remember as a little girl, I would think she was the most beautiful woman in the world. Mm-hmm. She had this, like, the biggest, most beautiful smile she had perfect teeth. Yeah. And, like, even the way she did her makeup and the way she didn't have makeup on, like, she was just so gorgeous. She was like a um, uh, she was like a combination of Britney Spears and Jessica Simpson. There I thought. Yeah. I thought. You know, like, and she had, like, bleach blonde hair. She had those, like, 90s bangs, but long blonde hair. Mm-hmm. Like, she was gorgeous. She was a little heavier, but yeah. I still thought she was, like, gorgeous. Absolutely. And so... And, like, we were really close growing up. Like, I would say, like, as a toddler and a baby and, you know, your first five years. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were just really close. Like, I really depended on my mom for a lot, obviously. Just as a little girl, you know, you tend to, like, be close with your mom. You love your mom. You want her to hold you all the time and yeah. rock you to sleep and you know, sing to you, and she did sing. She was actually a good singer. But then um, I think it got to a point. I don't know. I always say this, and I say this with counselors too, but I just remember once I hit five years old, either I started seeing more and got more aware of my surroundings in her 
or maybe like shit just hit the fan with her and she couldn't hide it anymore. I don't know. Right. So are you saying like the first, like your perception of her changed? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because I started seeing more. Okay. So I started seeing a very switch in mood a lot. Mm -hmm. Like I remember in elementary school, like I didn't know... Because she would always pick me up. Like, I didn't know which mom I was going to get that day. Yeah. And how me, as a little girl, little Alexis, internalized things is like, okay, is mom's hair up today? Because if mom's hair is up in a ponytail today, that means she's pissed. You know? like. And then if mom's hair is down and she has makeup on and she looks good, like, that means she's happy. Yeah. And I'm going to get, like, my mom back. Like, she's happy. She wants to love on me. Right. But if her, if she like picks me up and her hair is up, that means she's pissed off. She's going to yell at me whenever I get in the car. Yeah. Probably likely because you've had experiences before that where, oh, her hair's up and she's upset and mad. Yes. Oh, this is happening. You know, you started to see that pattern with her. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. So I, and so every time, like there was just moments every day if she were to pick me up, she would just start yelling and screaming. And I'm like, I haven't been home all day. (laughs) Yeah. Why are you mad at me? You know, but she would just be mad at me. And I couldn't tell you what she was mad at. Right. Because I don't even think my little girl, me as a little girl, understood. Whenever I say my little girl, I mean me. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I don't think she even understood or could comprehend why mom was so mad at her. Right. So... When your mom was mad at you, did you, like, internalize that? Like, oh, I'm bad, something's wrong with me? Like, how did you internalize that? I think my brain was just like, what did I do wrong? How can I do to fix it? Mom, like, I'm sorry. Can you please tell me what happened? Yeah. I was just kind of like, what can I do, like, to fix it? Yeah. (laughs) What can I do to meet your needs so you can be okay? Right. It was just always about meeting her needs so she can be okay. So she doesn't get yelled, like, so she stops yelling, and so we can have a peaceful home. Right, so she could be, like, a good mother to you. Yeah, (laughs) so I can be loved. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) (laughs) Now that I say that, because, like, no, like, I think that's what created this belief system in me of, like, what can I do to fix this, or what can I do to fix what's going on? So that you can love me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was all based on, like, wanting that person to love you. Like, okay, I can I can manipulate the situation. I can figure this out so that I can finally receive your love because that's what you yearned for. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't realize, like, obviously, as growing up yeah. in teenage and adult years, like, you don't realize that that is manipulation mm-hmm. until you subconsciously get aware of what you're actually doing and where the root of it's from. And like, I can look back at like, even you, Jen, certain relationships I've been in and like, wow, I've kind of manipulated some, the environment or the situation so I could feel loved. Yeah. Or I've also self-sabotage, which is, could be a form of manipulation depending on what you did in a self-sabotage. Right. To get more love just to see if they care about you mm. or love you and like will fight testing. for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it started off with just like really big like pendulum swings of moods. Right. <laughs> and I, like I'll just admit like my parents' marriage wasn't the best. <laughs> yeah. There was times where me and – my brother had to be the parents and break up a lot of fights. And that's the thing. My family outside of the house, like once we, you know, walked outside that door, mm-hmm. we were fine. We would act fine in front of people. Everyone thought, like, everyone wanted the relationship that me and my mom had because they just thought we were, like, best friends. Yeah. We were not. It did not, like... Looking back, I'm like, oh, my God, no. Yeah. Like, it was so chaotic and toxic and abusive, like, emotionally and verbally at that at that point. And so – and I think that's why, like, I always hated it when, like, 
my friends, like in cheerleading or um, just anywhere, they would be like, oh, my God, I love your mom so much. She's so, like, outgoing and lively, which she was. She was very, like, around people. She was like Serena Vander was in, mm. like, in Gossip Girl. Like, she was just so alive. Everybody wanted to be around her. Mm-hmm. She was just, like, the life of the party, honestly. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So you were saying, like, obviously there's a disconnect between who the family is inside the household and who the family is when y'all leave, you know, because it's almost like, oh, we got to put on this show to, you know, picture-perfect family, whatever. Um, But you mentioned, so in the household it was um, emotionally and verbally abusive. Do you want to go into that a little bit more? Yeah, I think she would just always, like... Uh, I'm trying to see if my heart's okay to reveal certain things. Yeah, that's what I was about asking. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so there's just more. Okay, 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 okay. I'll say, is there any generalizations that you could say? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> but there's a couple things I can bring up. So I was diagnosed with ADDD. 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 <laughs> With a d d d d d d d, obviously. <laughs> if you can't tell, if you couldn't tell already, I was diagnosed with it um, when I was after kindergarten. Okay. Okay. So my dad hated the fact that we were allowing a doctor to tell them who his daughter is. I love my dad so much. <laughs> I think that's how stubborn I am. I'm like. Nobody gets to fucking tell me who I am. Right. Because my dad always said, like, I would always hear him, like, behind closed doors, even in and in front of me. He was like, nobody gets to fucking tell me who my daughter is. <laughs> okay, so dad was not happy about the diagnosis. Gotcha. No, he was not. I mean, obviously, it's like, Alexis, you have ADD. And it was like, and as a kid, like, it's... <laughs> yeah. It's, like, heightened, you know? Yeah. Not so much now. Like, I've... Like, I don't take medication for it now. But, like, I've learned how to, like, navigate it. Like, it doesn't affect me as much as it did as a little kid who didn't know how to regulate her emotions or navigate anything like that. So, my mom wanted to put me on medication to fix me. (laughs) Um, And my dad did not. So, there was always, like, that constant battle between them. Yeah. So, my mom took it as, like, you, this will make you better. This will make you feel better. But it didn't. It completely changed my whole personality. Yeah. And, oh, my God, I'm realizing so much right now as I'm talking about this. It completely changed my whole personality. I did not eat at all, like, during the days that I would take it Monday through Friday until I got home, like, at 8 or 9. Then that's when I'll start eating. So it really Mm -hmm. fucked up my body. Yeah. And it fucked up my personality. But my mom would say she likes me better like this. Wow. And she she just said I was a good girl whenever I'm on it. Mm. And she liked how I behaved better whenever I'm on it. Wow. So I was like her robot. Yeah. That didn't mess anything up. Once she suppressed you and made you yeah. small, she's like, oh, this is perfect. Exactly. Now I can handle her. Yeah. <laughs> You're like. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the first time I'm realizing that. Okay. So. Yeah. It does. It doesn't make me mad because I'm like, I was a fucking little girl. Yeah. And like, I wasn't allowed to like feel any emotions. And if I did, you wouldn't accept me for it. Right. And it's only because like you couldn't handle your own emotions. Mm-hmm. So you therefore you didn't know how to handle me. Like you didn't know how to handle your emotions as a woman. So therefore you didn't know how to handle me as a little girl. Yep. But you put that on me. Exactly. And so, just from then on, like, I think in the midst of my quote-unquote emotions getting under control with the ADD medication, she started getting even more unregulated in her emotions, like, even more pendulum swings. There were times where, I mean, my mom, like, Every time, like, she would get in a fight with the whole family, it would either be me or my dad or I don't think so much Trace. Yeah. I can't remember. I mean, Trace might have a different perspective, so I don't really know. But all I remember is 
like whenever she would get mad at me, get in a fight with me, or get in a fight. And guys, I'm like five, six, seven. Right. Like, it's, it's not like young. a fight with a teenager. It's like a fight with a little girl. And in a fight with my dad, she would always threaten to leave, and she did leave. And I remember like, like I had my mom's number memorized to a T. Because I would call that number over and over again because she would leave. And she would always threaten to leave. Like, I don't care about this family anymore. I'm leaving. But then she would always come back. Mm -hmm. So she would leave, like, every week. Like, drive like a maniac speed. Like, there was multiple times where she got into wrecks and had to go to the hospital. And me and my dad, all of us had to take care of her. And, um, like, she crashed the car, like, multiple times pretty badly. On, like, a fucking neighborhood street. It wasn't, like, yeah. a highway. She yeah. was just speeding, like, going 100 down a 30 speed limit. And and I just remember my mom would be mad at me if I wasn't there on the bedside holding her hand. But as a little girl, I wanted to be mad, but I wasn't allowed to be mad. Yeah. I'm like, you left me, and I'm, like, calling you, crying. Leaving voicemails like, Mommy, please come back. Don't leave us. Don't leave the family. Right. And you're, like, mad at me for being mad at you. Yeah. There's, like, that just is, like, an emotional roller coaster. Absolutely. And, like, and, like, I've told my dad this. I've, I want to be clear. I've, I've talked to my dad about this before I've come on here. Right. um, We've had conversations for the, for the past couple years, just how I, my perspective of our childhood, my childhood. And there were, there was times where I did feel very alone mm-hmm. in my complicated relationship with my mother. Like I felt as though, and maybe it's because my dad didn't know how to be there for me. Cause I was a little girl. I think he was, it felt as though he was more there for trace. And so I kind of felt emotionally abandoned by my father yeah. during that time too. So there was just abandonment just at a young age. Yeah. And so I felt alone. But every time my mom would just come back and she would apologize and say, I'm so sorry, baby. <laughs> I'll never do it again. Um, you can trust me this time. I'm going to get better. I'm sorry. You know, mommy loves you. It's just, I just, I just want us to be like, it's just all these excuses. I don't really remember. I just keep hearing, like, I just remember her saying, trust me, forgive me love me, I won't do it again. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a lot all of, about her. A lot of emotional manipulation for sure. Yeah. And then and then I think at this point I, I was just so angry and I'm like, I don't want to fucking take my medication anymore. Yeah. And but like there was times she would literally hold me down to the ground and I think that was the first physical I mean it did feel physically abusive. And, yeah. and it was. Yeah. Like when I'm telling you no and I know kids tell their parents no a lot, but when I'm crying and you're forcing me on the kitchen floor, pouring water on me, trying to make me take this ADD pill, when I'm telling you I don't want to because it messes with my body and I don't feel like a human. Yeah. And you're, like, forcing it down my throat with your hand halfway down my throat. Like, it's fucked up. Yeah. A thousand percent. Yes. And so... <sighs> That's, yeah, so that was your the answer to your question? <laughs> okay, well, the reason I asked is because I wanted to paint a clear picture of what it was like at home, and then I want to go back to, okay, so this is what Alexis is dealing with at home, but when she's out with other people or in front of, you know, her cheerleader friends or whatever, fam- oh, the family. Oh, my mom is so loving and supportive. She's so loving and yeah. supportive, but, like, I'm imagining what is it like to be Alexis to know the truth about what goes on behind closed doors and for everybody to just be so like ignorant and not know what who she actually is. Like, how did that make you feel knowing who she is behind closed doors Mm -hmm. and then who everybody perceives her as? Like, it made me angry. I was was such an angry Mm -hmm. child. Yeah. Like, but like secretly, I felt like I was an emo. Like, if you could listen, like in cheerleading, I, I, I'll admit, like, I really did love cheerleading only because of the fact of the family that I had created mm-hmm. in cheerleading. Mm-hmm. It was the family that I got to run away to, away from the family that was given to me. It made, it made and, so much sense because you were trying to find what you couldn't get in your actual family. You were trying to find that somewhere else. Yeah. So, 
cheerleading, the people that I had in cheerleading was a saving grace. Like, I had a childhood best friend and, like, oh, my God, I'm going to cry. Yeah. Um, I had a child. I had the chills. Yeah. <laughs> I already know. <laughs> I had a childhood best friend and I love her. I love her. And I think that's why I'm, like, literally, we could go, like, years without talking. Yeah. But as soon as, like, we're together, it's that just, That bond like, is just Yeah, it's, it is. And if she's listening right now, I love you so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, her family was, like. The perfect Christian family, her parents, the marriage was like, oh, my God, they love each other so much. <laughs> they, like, never – and, like, I remember, like, they would get frustrated at each other in front of me, but, like, I would see them, like, come to a resolution without, like, hitting each other. Right. <laughs> or without the mom, like, hitting the husband. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, I want this so much, so I'd always be at Keely's house. That's her name. Yeah. And, like, her mom – was just, like, this beautiful woman, so put together, it seemed like. Well, she was. And, like, she 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 was literally, like, like a second mom to me. Yeah. And I feel like God, like, really put them in my life to show them, like, hey, like, even though the family, what you're dealing with, like, hey, here's, like, a family to love you. And they really, really did love me through that time. Mm-hmm. But there's, there were times where, like, I would tell them, like, things aren't okay at home. Yeah. And, like, I was very close with my coach. So, like, Keely's mom was my cheerleading coach. Yeah. And also, <clears throat> we had another coach. And, like, my coaches loved me. And and so I was very close. They were, like, moms to me. And so, and I would tell them what's going on at home. And I think... As a little girl, I could only comprehend as, like, mommy really gets mad a lot. Yeah. Mommy really fights a lot. Yeah. Mommy and daddy fight a lot. And to them, like, I get it with that dialogue, especially as a little girl who doesn't truly know how to communicate or comprehend, like, hey, this is abuse. Yeah. Like, it's really bad at home. Yeah. They're just like, oh, mommy, it's normal for mommy and daddies to fight. Don't worry. And, like, I, I remember telling... And I don't want her to feel bad if she ever listens to this because I, I get it. But, like, I remember telling her mom, Keely's mom, well, because the, ho- the holidays for my family was always really, really bad. <laughs> it's like all the emotions, all the bad was heightened. And so, like, I'm surprised I still love the holidays. I love Christmas. But, like, every year during Christmas time, my family will even admit this. Like, it was just always bad Christmases. Yeah. Because my mom would just be so angry and so emotional. And she would, like, throw the decorations all the time. She would throw the tree down. Like, I remember that that one time, like, she would just throw the tree of how mad she was. Like, and I told Wendy that. And she was like, well, she just, like, played it off. Yeah. And so I just felt like, okay, nobody's going to listen to me. And I think that's when I was like, okay, nobody's listening to me. My voice doesn't matter. Like, my mom's not listening to me. My dad's not listening to me. My own, like, cheer family isn't listening to me. So I think that's where I, like, carried the belief that, like, my voice doesn't matter. Yeah. And what I say doesn't matter. Damn. Yeah. I, like, had the chills through that whole thing because I'm like, holy I know, it's a lot. But I love, I'm sorry, that's probably not a great word to say right now, but I do love the fact because I feel like if you only saw what your parents had, like, you would have such a huge distortion of what, like, a marriage is or what, you know, a relationship really looks like. Like, I feel like it would be ten times worse if you didn't have – that second family where you could see, oh, like, that's not normal. Like, that's not a normal thing for husbands and wives to do, for families to do. You know what I mean? I feel like that gave you, like, an inclination that, like, okay, no, 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 this isn't normal. This isn't how, like, life is. I'm not saying that it didn't affect you because obviously it did. Like, of course it is. But I feel like it could have been ten times worse if you knew no different. Yeah. You know? Well, and what's interesting that you say that, like, the whole, like, normalizing thing is, like, I remember, like, getting older in my, like, pre-teens, teenage years. Whenever I was in a fight with somebody, it felt super safe to be in a fight with someone. Yeah. And because I'm like, 
well, I know how to fight. Yeah, you've been in survival mode for your whole life. So Yeah, so I can fight. Yeah. And I can win this fight. Mm-hmm. And so it felt very safe for me to fight with somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's what a majority of my life was, was yeah. you were you felt safe in chaos. Yeah, and I would, like, I would tend to start arguments yeah. and manipulate things just so I could get into a fight or an argument with a friend. Yeah. Which is crazy. Like, when you actually think about it, like, it's crazy that your body felt safe in chaos and, like, how, like, the transition of being, like, well, that's not, like, being safe in chaos is not normal. Like, I know it was your normal, but, like, it shouldn't be normal. So, like, trying to find that transition from, okay, my body's feeling like this feels good, like, because this is normal, this is what I'm used to, but, like, I know logically, like, this is not good for me you know what I mean so I feel like it's like that fight between or at least you know now or going through your self you know awareness healing journey like it was that battle of like well my body feels safe here but like logically I know that this isn't good for me right you know what I mean and that's the thing like going back to my cheer family like I think part of the reason why they didn't fully like they brushed it off and I think that's why it's a huge trigger for me when people sweep at things under the rug and brush things off is because like y'all have to realize like my mom in front of everybody she wasn't like that like she she was like like I said a Serena Vanderizen she was so lively she was the life of the party in cheer practice cheer competitions cheer parties anything any social event like she would always be the most supportive mother you know cheering me on being there for me like, I, I, I got a mom in yeah. social events, you know? Yeah. And so, and then, but when, as soon as we got into the car and left or got home, like, it was just a completely different story. So she, she played the part. Yeah. Once the audience was gone, it was, she yeah. actually came out. Exactly. Man. And I feel like as a kid, like, that's just so confusing. Yeah. You're yeah. like, wait, why can't you be like that all the time? Mm-hmm. Like. I feel like for me, too, if I was in that situation, I'd internalize that even more. Like, why am I not good enough for you to act that way all the time? Like, whenever it's just you and I. Yeah. You know, like, you internalize that behavior whenever, you know, you know now, like, it truly had nothing to do with you. But you are the one who got the short end of that stick. Right. You know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, how long did... You, your mom, your dad, and your brother, like, all lived together. Because I know that when I met you, they were divorced. So, like, at what age did that happen and kind of how did that come about? Okay, you were – when you met me, they were divorced. Was she in my life at all? No. No, she wasn't. Okay. Mm -mm. I Honestly, now that I think about it, I think I met you, like, almost right after. I think you did. Really close to right after that. So – once I hit 13, so like junior high age, we don't call it middle school. We call yeah. it junior high here. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so what? what's funny is she was a cafeteria lady mm. at Harwood. Haley would know this. That is crazy. Yeah. Because I remember Haley in church, she would be like, I saw your mom today. Yeah, she was a cafeteria lady. I never bought lunch. I never went through there. That's crazy. Oh. Well, because all this, like, irregulated emotions that she, like, she lost her job. Yeah. She was, oh, she was a nail tech. Okay. So she was a nail lady. I know, shocking. (laughs) We don't need to mention why. But (laughs) she was a nail lady. She was really great at it. And then she started, like, she started transitioning to being a nail lady at home. But then she couldn't hold that. So then basically, eventually, all this chaos, she started being a stay-at-home mom, quote-unquote stay-at-home mom. No, she just couldn't hold a job. Yeah. Because I'm trying not to call her crazy, but she was crazy. Yeah. And so my dad was the sole provider of our family, and I am thankful for that. And because he started paying for cheerleading and everything. Like, cheerleading is fucking expensive. Yeah. Like, I don't think I could do that, like, for my child. Yeah. But, you know, it's just so expensive. It's, like, one of the most expensive sports, I feel like. 
I could be making that up, but I don't know. <laughs> it just sounds like just it. Just with all the, like, unnecessary, like, makeup, uniforms, even, like, practice clothes. You have to pay for your practice clothes. Like, yeah. it's just, it's insane. Yeah. And so, getting to her preteen, she's she's not working anything. She just stays at home, lays in bed all day, and then comes picks me up. Like, that was her thing. Like, now it started getting to, and like, okay, we have to take care of mom whenever I get home. Yeah. We have to fix mom dinner. Get her a drink. She doesn't even want to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. She had a fucking drink in the kitchen. Yeah. I had to do it. And so at this point, whenever I'm getting my preteens as a teenager, seventh and eighth grade, I want to use my voice some more, even though it hasn't mattered in the past, but I still want to, like, as a human being, you want to keep doing it. Yeah. See if it'll work this time now that you're older. And I don't know. I was just angry. I was so angry. Angry was like home for me. Oh my God. I'm just now realizing. I think that's why it's my initial thing to go yeah. to when someone like fucks me over. Yeah. I'm like, well, anger safe. It protects me. Mm-hmm. So it just kept getting worse until eighth grade or seventh grade. Her mom died too. So she was already, my mom was already depressed and she was already revealing the symptoms or, you know, had the symptoms of depression which she was depressed because there was multiple times where I had to save her from suicidal attempts. Yeah. Like multiple, multiple times as a preteen. And then her mom died. She did not have a relationship with her mother. Yeah. It was like the bare minimum mm-hmm. because of me and Trace. She wanted us to know our grandma, like on her side, because yeah. we we're always so close to my dad's side of the family. Right. Still true to this day. Like, my dad's side of the family is, like, my family. Yeah. Um, I don't talk to my mom's side of the family at all. Um, and I never really did as often when I was a little girl either. Just because of my mom went through a lot of shit yeah. as a little girl. Mm-hmm. And um, so my mom was doing the bare minimum with us, with grandma, her mom. And then grandma died. Her mom died. And that's just when, like, this human being wasn't even a human being anymore. It just became, she became something else entirely. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just she wasn't functioning as, like, a real human being anymore. And when I say that, it's because, like, she didn't have the will for anything to get up. Anything. So we had to take care of her some more. And it got to a point where uh, in eighth grade, she got up one morning, and it's like the first time she's up. I don't, I don't even know how long it's been since she's out of bed, and she's in the kitchen. I got up one morning, and me as a teenager, like, I'm taking care of my mom, but I want to be out of the house all the fucking time. Right. Because I don't want to be here, and yeah. I want to go to a friend's house. I like, And I had, thank God, I had lots of friends at this time, and I would always be at my friend's house yeah. whenever I could. And I woke up that morning. I wanted to go to a friend's house. Mm-hmm. And, like, at this point as a teenager, like, you walk to your friend's house all the time because you all live near each other. Yeah. Or, like, some – or, like, my papa would always come pick me up and take me just because my papa's always been there for me. So one morning she was in the kitchen. I go in the kitchen. I don't know why. Probably get a drink. I don't know. Yeah. And I've never been the breakfast person. Yeah. I've never been, like, a breakfast person. Yeah. Like I'm with you on that. she would know this if she was a mom. Yeah. You know, if she like acted as such. And she was in the kitchen fixing breakfast. I think I went to go get a drink. I don't know. Some of it's blurry. And she, well, long story short, she asked me if I wanted breakfast, bacon. I don't eat bacon to this day, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I said no. Mm-hmm. And from my perspective, like, I remember she would probably tell you a different story. I was a brat about it. Which, maybe, I could have been a brat about it. Yeah. I didn't like her. Yeah. Like, I was angry. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't want any breakfast. I'm about to go to a friend's house later. And she was like, and she just blew the fuck up. And it just, and that's when it really got bad physically abusive. Like, yeah. Like, true, physical, I'm not going to share the details because I don't want to. Yeah. But 
it was just really, really bad. And I, like, was running out of the, like, running around in the house trying to lock the doors just because of how crazy she went off of me saying no to bacon. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, called my dad first. He was at work. And then (laughs) Trace was down the street at a friend's house. And, um, I guess my dad called him to tell and I guess he was like, hey, Trace, mom, like, Alexis and mom are fighting again. Go, like, it was just, it was literally one of those things, oh, Alexis and mom are fighting again. Yeah. Like, but I guess my dad didn't realize how bad it was this time. Like, it was really, really fucking bad. And so my brother came in in the middle of what the was debacle, happening. Yeah. And um, my brother pushed her off of me and and then we saw my mom reach for a gun and so that's when I grabbed my phone Trace pushed her I ran out Trace was behind me running out and we ran like three blocks we me and Trace would always like there was like this alleyway in our neighborhood where we'd always like sneak away to if like things were happening at home. So we'd always go to this alleyway park, um, just to escape. And that's where we went. And I called my papa and my papa came to pick me and trace up. As soon as we got to my papa's house, police and CPS were there. Yeah. And that's when I realized, honestly, I don't even really remember too much of that day because I, I, I blink out. Yeah. Yeah. It's because of how much the trauma was and I couldn't believe this was actually happening. I think I remember of like, wow, like why is this happening now? This could have happened like years ago. Yeah. Like why are they just getting called now? Mm-hmm. And so it was just unbelievable to me. I remember them taking pictures of my body because there was marks and stuff on it. Uh, and I was wondering who called like mom's gonna like mom's gonna get in trouble like I was worried about my mom this whole time yeah it's normal. not about me yeah. you know like and and my dad got off of work well like he was the police called him off right. of work because right. the police were like you need to get here right now yeah um my dad goes to my mom I didn't see my dad for well, I remember. I could be wrong. I totally could be wrong on this. Yeah. But I don't remember seeing my dad until a couple of days after. Mm. After it all happened. Okay. So how did that make you feel? Abandoned. Right. Exactly. Like it. Like, and that's the thing. I I feel like. I know my dad has fought for me. And I know like he was probably fighting for me in those couple of days too. But like. I think I just wish I would have seen him fight for me, like, in real time. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish I would have seen, like, my father fight for me in person, not behind doors. Yeah. And, like, I know he had, like, now, there, now I remember there were certain moments where he did. Like, I, I do know that, like, in my childhood, I did see my dad fight for me. But, like, then, like, during that time, like, I didn't. And I think that's why I, like, think of God, and especially in these past few years, like, I thought, like, God, why are you not protecting me? Like, why are you not fighting for me in this? And I think that's why those were always those statements. Yeah. In the past few years when everything was going on, and so... I think that's really what it stems from. And I think I just wanted my dad to, like, fight for me that day. Yeah. And I didn't feel fought for. Yeah, you felt abandoned because you were like, I, that had just happened to me and then I didn't see you. Like, yeah. You well, weren't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, well, because I'm just like, well, I just lost my mom. Like, it felt as though in that time, like, I officially lost my mom. Yeah. Like, at least, like... Yeah, even though she wasn't human, (laughs) like, I still had a mom, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I lost my mom that day, and, and I, and I know it, like, thinking back now, like, I get, like, that probably was, like, the worst day of my dad's life, like, seeing his wife, oh my god, like, hurt his, 
little girl, like, that's heartbreaking. Like, someone that you loved and made vows to and all these promises to. Like, what the fuck? Like, you hurt our kids. Yeah. (laughs) And so, like, I couldn't imagine what that day was like for him. But, like, I just wish I could have had my dad. Yeah. And that makes sense, though. So, you were with Papa. Yeah. Okay. And that, I think that's why me and Papa are so close because you felt like he was I lived, there for you. Yeah. And then I lived with Papa for the next three years. That's when I, I met you. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want to live with anybody else. Yeah. Exactly. What's crazy to me now, thinking about like when I met you, because that so that happened your eighth grade year. I met Alexis, or not met her, but like we became started becoming good friends uh sophomore year so that's a little maybe a year or two years later depending on when it happened eighth grade year um and what's crazy though is whenever I first met you I would have never guessed that that was your life Mm -hmm. like yeah because I was quote-unquote happy all the time uh (laughs) uh-huh Like, I would have never guessed that you had just gone through that super traumatic experience, not just for the last, like, 14, 15 years of your life, but especially, like, that last year or so being in that household. Like, I would have n- I would have never guessed that that was yeah. your life. Yeah. Well, and that event happened over, I, I want to say over Thanksgiving break. Okay. And that's when the holidays, you know? Exactly. <laughs> um, Because I didn't have... My mom was not allowed to see me for a lim- like a certain amount of time. I don't really remember, but I didn't see her until the rest of the the rest of the year. I don't. I didn't see her until the new year. So I wasn't. She wasn't around for Christmas or anything. Yeah. Okay. So after. Well, I just want to end there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. We can continue in the next episode. I don't want to. We can continue. Yeah. In the I, next story. In the I was just gonna ask you when. So that's when the divorce happened. No. Gotcha. Okay, we can. Yep. And yeah. We can continue later. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't even get divorced until. Yeah, we'll okay. share it in the next episode. But I did feel like that was important because that's what started, the, like the actual thought, in committing to that decision of divorcing. Mm, yeah. And completely breaking the family. I mean, it was already fucking was broken. broken. Yeah, but like officially. Yeah, like really, like that's. I think that's when. Well, from my perspective. My dad probably has his own perspective and story. When my dad really started thinking, the thought entered his head is like, okay, I need to like, like, divorce. Like, we would probably be better to, or without each other than we are together. Yeah. Because my mom would always, during their fights, right, just for 12, 13 years of my life, mm-hmm. she always threatened divorce. Right. But my dad was like, I made a commitment. I chose you. Yeah. We're going to work this out. But until that, I think until that event happened, he, I think that's when he started th- really thinking about it. Yeah. Okay. Because well, yeah. he started talking about it. Which makes sense. Like, yeah. obviously, when you go through something like that, you're like, mm, duh, I'm, yeah. I don't want to risk that again. Yeah. No. So that makes sense. Yeah, well, exactly. Okay. Yes. Well, we're going to just <laughs> point Blake in there. Like, I know that that was super heavy for you and I appreciate you being vulnerable. And I'm sure like our listeners appreciate you being vulnerable only because like truly whenever you're being vulnerable, like it allows still me and like everybody else to truly understand you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, even though, yes, that was a really shitty timeline. Like, that that time of your life was really shitty. Like, mm-hmm. it just allows so much insight into, like, those of, you, those of you who maybe know Alexis from, like, way early on. Like, yeah. why you were the way that you were. Like, you know, why you've said some things in our podcast about your mom and the abuse yeah. and all that stuff. Like, it just gives so much insight into who you are. And that is really hard to be that vulnerable especially like on a platform where literally anybody can hear so yeah I appreciate you being vulnerable and I'm proud of you I know I'm proud (laughs) of myself too it's not like like I I've healed a lot from it but of course like I've realized more things as I'm talking about it and it's like heartbreaking so it's it's, I feel like it's I'm not not crying because I feel defeated I'm crying because like wow like, I have so much compassion on the little girl who went through that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think that's where it's coming from. And, but knowing that like, and, and that's the thing, there's some things I don't want to bring up because I want to protect her. Exactly. And yeah. not mention the details, the nitty gritty details of everything. Yeah. Which makes sense. I would, I do the same thing. Like there's just some things that we don't say. Yeah. Loud. But I feel like so for this episode, you guys kind of got to, you know, listen to like the nitty gritty part of it. And the next episode can pick up on kind of whenever it started turning like the other side of the page, like turning that page of that whole part of your life. You yeah. Know what I mean, of like how it affected it, mm-hmm. my life, the rest of my life. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um. So, and, and and that's the thing, the reason I do, I know you're about to say something, no. but the reason why I share this is to, yes, not only gain some insight, sure, if you want to understand me, if you don't, if, honestly, if you listen to this episode and you still don't understand me, I don't really so good. give a fuck. <laughs> but the reason why I share this is because, like, this happens a lot more than people think. Yep. And... Just even, like, if you could resonate with any part of my story, it doesn't even have to be the physical abuse. If you resonate with the emotional and verbal abuse or just always wondering, like, why did I always have to take care of my mom? Why couldn't I have a mom to take care of me? That's something that you can go on a journey with of, like, wow, are there some certain aspects of Alexa's story that actually happened to me and it's affected me in this way? Yeah. So that's why I you know, reveal or share some of this stuff is because I genuinely think it's worth it if it's just going to help one person. Yeah, we really want... Come to a connection to themselves and their story. Exactly. We want you to feel less alone. Like, Mm -hmm. we want not... Okay, we don't want you to resonate, but we want you to feel like it is safe to admit those things that maybe you've gone through in your childhood and your lifetime or whatever like it is okay to talk about them right exactly okay we love you we love you gonna go decompress (laughs) (laughs) gonna go numb out now yes in a healthy way in a healthy way and then y'all stay tuned for next week so that you can hear the rest of the story the flip side to the story Hopefully how I conquered it. Yeah. <laughs> it will be. No, not hopefully. It will be. No, yeah, yeah. But I just want this to be a two-part episode, not really go any further. No, yeah, I yeah. completely understand. We're good. Okay. All right. All right. We love you all. Hope we you love have you. a good day. Morning. Drive. Night. Any other time. Whatever you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> have a good week. Yeah. We love you. Yes, we do. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>